everyone, and welcome to Top Talks. And we are very excited that you are with us today. And we are also excited about the topic that we thought was very important to be an ongoing communication, how to keep the fire burning. Where is God in the midst of all of this? So this is going to be a very, very good um, integral discussion today, and we want you to stay tuned with us um, because we do believe that it's going to reveal some things that's going to help you as you continue to pursue the presence of God in the midst of everything that you go through. We want you uh, to be able to keep the fire burning, and so that's why we are here on today. So we're going to have Pastor Jackson, uh, the pastor of Tabernacle of Praise Church International, to open us up with prayer, and then we're going to go from there. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. We give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor because it belongs to you, Lord. So from our lives, Lord, through our lips, from our hearts, we praise your holy name. You alone are God, and beside you there is none other. Thank you, Lord, that you reign supreme and you reign alone. Thank you that there is nothing that we go through in our lives that you don't know about, that you don't care about, and in your way that you don't help us through. We thank you for this time together this morning, and we thank you for your presence in our midst. We ask you, Lord, to guide us and anoint us uh, so that we can speak effectively and address this topic in a way that will be a blessing to your people and draw us all closer to you and strengthen us all as we live our lives as your disciples, as your followers. We commit this time to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Well, okay, we're going to get started with our discussion for today. But first, we're going to start off with introducing everyone so that you know um, who's all here. And so I'll begin. I'm Trachelia Simon. I'm one of the ministers at Tabernacle of Praise. I'm Minister Trevor Stevens. I'm one of the ministers at Tabernacle of Praise. My name is Charlotte Smalls. I am also one of the ministers at Tabernacle of Praise. And I'm Elder Warren Hoskins, <laughs> one of the ministers at Tabernacle of Praise. And of course, I'm Alfred Jackson. I am the Bishop of Tabernacle of Praise Church as a National, York, South Carolina, and abroad. <laughs> and abroad. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our discussion for today. So one of the things that I heard Bishop say in his prayer is that, you know, there isn't anything that we go through that God is not there. Um, and sometimes we ask that question, though, where is God in all of this? Where is God when there is pain and suffering? Where is God when you feel like you don't know the answer or don't know what to do? Where is God when you have endured trauma? Um, and especially situations where you feel like you are still living in that trauma or you have not um, come to a place where you um, have, have accepted healing or you have feel like you're healed. So where is God? Um, so we want to talk about where God is, because um, one of the things that the word of God makes clear to us is that he is there. Yes. Um, so we want to begin our discussion with just talking about, first of all, what is trauma? How do we define that word? What is trauma? 
Well, uh, for me, when I think about the word trauma, you know, today trauma is a buzzword. So I'm sure a lot of things are attached to the word, but a basic meaning um, of trauma for me, Trachelia, would be something that has happened in my life that caused an adverse reaction to me emotionally, uh, you know, physically, of course, but more so mentally and emotionally that causes my behavior um, to be um you know, maybe negative or not conducive to uh, um, warning out of the situation because somehow I've, I feel some type, and I know this is going to sound strange, okay? Somehow I feel some kind of um, maybe solace, and it's not really peace, but um, need to remain in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much sense that makes, but basically that's what, if I had to put a uh, definition to trauma for me, that's, that's what it be. That's what it would be. Thank you. For me, it's also along with that deep, deep pain, deep distress, something uh, that, that goes deep, that cuts deep. Um, it's almost like surgery. Mm. Uh, you know, um, major surgery. Mm. And in the, in the healing process, the outside will heal quicker than the inside. Yeah. So the cut is so deep and so internal that it, it, it just, it affects how you operate, mm-hmm. how you live, and it, it hinders you. So mm-hmm. it's that deep distress, that deep pain, that deep sorrow. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, there are different types of trauma. Even you have situations that are those single incidents that bring about trauma. And then you have situations that are chronic um, things that, you know, are ongoing or repeated or prolonged like abuse um, or things of that nature. So, you know, trauma can be a single incident that you dealt with or it could be something that's ongoing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was looking up a passage this morning because the scripture came to mind. And the scripture that I thought of is a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. And really, I thought about that. Now, I know in the context of that what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. But uh, you take those words, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you think about uh, when trauma, what it does, it throws you off balance. Mm-hmm. It, it, it completely distorts your yeah. reality. Yeah. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. What you thought yes. it, you know, that it was, all of a sudden something happened is not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Or it's mm-hmm. not what you expected. And like you said, the, the, it come in different shapes and different forms, you know. Uh, just to get to tell you, you know, I came up uh, seeing a parent household. Didn't realize the trauma that was being, uh, you know, uh, abused, if you will, uh, in, in my psyche by mm-hmm. my dad not being mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until I got up some age. And then I had a mother who was very domineering. I loved her. She loved me. She loved all of us. But she was a disciplinarian. And that had uh, that played on my psyche as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think about uh, when dealing with trauma, um, I think about, like, like, I think you guys said a little bit earlier when it came to, like, bodily trauma. Um, Bishop talked about it um, as well. And I think about like, you know, this is a a, a very um, visual example, not too visual, but think about a nail 
you know, like a, a nail, like a, a thumb or a toe um, that's that you hit the wrong way. And then all of a sudden the nail begins to grow on top of the nail and on the sides of the nail. And it continues to build up and grow and grow to the point where it becomes hard and callous. It becomes painful mm-hmm. to even move. Um, and that that one little impact you know, like like to a corner or you fail or something like that. If the nail reacts like that, how in the world does our mind react to trauma to to um, to events right. that that that, you know, that may be scarring and um, that may have shocked us or it may have taken something away from us and things. I, I think about trauma in that sense where it's an abnormal reaction. Um, a full on abnormal reaction to um, to 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 situations that happen to you. That doesn't mean that um, that that the way you felt was, quote unquote, wrong. It's just it's a reaction. It's, a, it's almost like a, a reflex um, of your mind to keep yourself going to kind of try and course correct, even if it's like a, a, a car with three wheels <laughs> you're, you're trying to drive. But um, there's only so much you can do. Um, with, with that with that car so yeah I, I want to I want to interject there because of you know of what you said there Trevor because I want us to you said an abnormal reaction so when yeah. you said that I I was like hmm I don't know if my reaction would I'm thinking about a I'm thinking about something in particular that happened to me I, I, I don't think that my reaction to it this was an abnormal but it was a reaction that I stayed in that became uh, my environment. Mm. You know, it became, and I, this probably is too early to give an example. <laughs> oh, go for it. I'm going to go for it. So I, Carlton and I have three children. After our first two children, I, I suffered with multiple of having um, multiple miscarriages between children. And after Olivia and Alea were born and um, I was telling Carlton, hey, let's try one more time to see if we can get that boy in here. It didn't matter to him. But for me, I was, I was like, yeah, let's let's try. So between Alea and Simone, I had maybe three um, I had three miscarriages and the last miscarriage I had actually had to be removed um, surgically Mm. and that was very difficult for me and I had I had sadness that deep sadness that pastor talked about earlier it was it 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 was deep and my my family and Christian family around me they did the best that they could but really not understanding um, so they would say things. I remember one sister said to me, snap out of it, snap out of it, <laughs> snap out of it. I just lost a child, even though it wasn't, uh, you know, you know, full term, but it, it, it affected me. Um, and the sadness was very, very deep. Mm. And um, I can remember being in, I don't even think I talked to pastor about the depth of, of it. I, I think maybe I thought pastor that you were a man. <laughs> <laughs> and you may not have understood, but I don't even think I was thinking uh, to tell anybody because of the hurt uh, and the deepness of the sorrow I was experiencing. Um, I remember being in church 
so wrapped up in the sorrow of the pain. Um, well, before church, I was, it was like during May. And some people came over because they stopped by to drop some tracks off because at that time I was handing out tracks um, really, really frequently in the neighborhood. And these people knew that I just had that miscarriage. Mm. And they came and they dropped off the tracks mm. and they left and nobody saw, nobody, I felt like nobody saw me. Mm. And I was just home maybe a day after that uh, surgery and they left. And I remember maybe a couple of weeks after that in church, pastor was preaching and I was sitting in the back. I, I could not even lead praise and worship. I couldn't do any of the things that I would normally do in church because my mind was still in that place, treble, Trevor, where, where at first it wasn't an abnormal reaction. It was a very normal reaction, but I began to live in it. And he said this, he said, Victory belongs to, and he was waiting for the audience to respond, and nobody responded. But in the midst of the hurt, the Spirit of God said to me, it belongs to you. And I remember jumping up. I said, me. Mm. And that was a turning point for me, even though it did not leave immediately. I acknowledged that it does belong to me. Mm. Here's the last part of that. So when I, we finally became pregnant with Simone, and this is the abnormality here. When we became pregnant with Simone, my mind had, my, this is what my mind did. It told me, you're always going to have a miscarriage. Mm. So why think that this is going to come to full term? So this is what Charlotte did. I did not take my, pre, my prenatal vitamins because mm. I was going to abort the baby anyway. Wow. I would um, move heavy furniture in the room. Why? I was six, seven months pregnant. Why? Mm. Because now I'm going to abort the baby anyway. Mm. So this is the thought process that has now is very abnormal. And um, when Simone was born, it was amazing. The God really... God really, oh God, God really helped me in a, when I was in a place of, I don't know what, what I would call it, because when she was born, the midwife said, this baby, her ambiblical cord was bright, bright lavender. Bright. I remember you yep. talking about that. I told yeah. you. And the yeah. midwife was a Christian. And as wow. I was giving birth and she saw it, she says, oh, my goodness. She was English. She was British. She says, mm -hmm. this cord is bright lavender. I said, well, what does that mean? That probably means that I've done something destructive to this child. She says, this means that this child has received the best nourishment that a child could have while you know in inside i was wow. absolutely amazed because i did nothing nothing to help that along mm. but god protected me while my mm. mind was not focused it wasn't operating right so mm. that was very traumatic for me as a woman to experience the trauma of losing children and as being pregnant with simone setting myself up to lose the child because of 
what happened to me, you know, and, you know, with the other three miscarriages before mm. Simone. So why did I say all that? So, oh, Trevor was talking about being abnormal, but it wasn't abnormal at first. Mm. It was very normal, this pain, this grief, but then it began to become abnormal and I didn't even realize it was. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, earlier, uh, Minister Smalls, you said, you mentioned when we began to live in it and you know, I, I know people, some people will listen to us and say, you all have religious answers. <laughs> no, <laughs> faith answers based on experience. Yeah. And as you were sharing, um, and you came to it at the end, I'm like, all of the things you were trying to do or not do because you felt that you were going to have this miscarriage anyway, God just stepped in in the process. Yeah. You strengthened with moving heavy furniture and all of like all of those things, you know, that was strengthening you. That was building you. And, and it also just spoke to me about how... Um, the Lord can take the tricks of the enemy and really turn them into a blessing. And we know that, and, and, and this might be for some people, another religious answer, but we do know that, that, that Satan is going to attack our minds. And when we're going through uh, and trauma is very real yeah. to the person that's going through it. Yeah. Um, your trauma may be something totally different from mine. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I may respond to mine the way you respond to yours. Or as I was sharing with you all earlier, and I'll sh maybe share this a little bit later for the whole group, uh, I may have repressed it. I may have pushed it back in the back of my mind uh, until something happens to just bring it up. But it's still very real. And in this process, you know, it just shows us that God really is with us and he doesn't, doesn't forsake us. He doesn't leave us. Mm -hmm. He loves us. And he didn't promise us. He didn't. He did not say that we would not have oh, trouble, afflictions, and he in our lives. And when he's he didn't say that the afflictions that we were going to have were going to be easy. Yeah. He didn't tell us that. You know, but I think sometimes we get it in our minds that that you know that can't happen to me or that's not going to happen no we don't even think about it we don't know how to pro we don't know how in our finite minds to kind of figure this thing out so somebody may be listening to us today and you say well my life can't be that bad things can't you don't know you don't know you, you can't pick your trauma mm. oh, goodness yeah goodness that's facts right there yeah that is that you 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 can't pick and you can't choose and those situations. Um, first of all, I just want to say to Minister Smalls, thank you for being Amen. vulnerable in that moment and sharing that with us, um, sharing that with the listeners and those who are watching. Um, and that's one of the things that <clears throat> I realized in talking with people and was talking with a coworker last year. Um, many of our older generations. They have, you know, suppressed things, not talked about them. And sometimes there are situations that trigger um, triggers that trauma to resurface. And 
you press it down again and you press it down again and again and you realize that you're not sleeping well or you're waking up with headaches or um, you feel tired. And so we don't always realize it, but trauma sometimes will cause physical issues to manifest in our bodies. And so that is the reason why it's so important to talk about it. Um, it's so important to not suppress it. And you deserve to, to be free. You yeah. do deserve to be free because that's what the Lord wants for us. He wants Amen. us to be free in him. Amen. And so I think this is a good time to, to segue and talk about where is God? Where is God in the midst of our pain and suffering, in the midst of our trauma? I want to share a scripture from Hebrews um, 4 and 15. And the scripture says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. And so I want to read verse 16. Verse 16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Yes. You know, um, let, me, let me say this. I've, I did a, a research um, in, um, on the prologue, if you will, of uh, the book of Job. And one thing I noticed when I'm doing that research, I found out when Satan went to the Lord, and uh, first of all, the way the conversation went, Satan went, went uh, he appeared before the Lord. And the Bible said, the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? I mean, probably because he had he knew Satan had been been uh, iron Job anyway, but when the Lord allowed Satan to attack Job, it wasn't to prove Satan right. Hmm. I mean, it, it was to prove God right about hmm. Job. You know what I'm saying? I say that say this is when we're going through, nothing happens unless God allows it to happen. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even when we're in fault. God protects us, but He can allow us to 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 uh, you know to suffer the consequences of our wrong. But the thing is, is that first of all, we have to have confidence in the fact that God knows what's happening. Like yeah. Bishop prayed early, He knows exactly what's going on. Um, then uh, Peter talked about it like this. He's uh, where the Lord said to Peter, Simon, Satan desire to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Now here it is. Uh, a man, one of the men that God's going to use to, to help carry the gospel throughout the world, but he says Satan is going to, he desire to have you or he's asked for you. He said, but I pray for you. He said, I pray that your faith fail not. Now, sound like what we would have wanted to hear, but but <laughs> the Lord say, but I'm not going to let it happen. He didn't say that. Hmm. He told Satan, I'm uh, just like I think Minister Small was just saying, or I mean, Minister Simon, he is the high priest. He prayed that Joe's faith would not fail. So where is the Lord? He's right there. But don't you know, we were talking about spiritual growth, I think, Wednesday night. Talking about, you know, uh, having to go through things. God allows us to go through things. And, allow, and, 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 and I want to stop short of saying 100% of the time, but I want to say it, that God allows it to happen for our good. It's, now, we have a hard time seeing that. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about our parents when they used to whoop us, you know. Sometimes you know, but not we, we, uh, we used to call it whooping. You know whooping. what I'm saying? <laughs> when, when, when our parents used to whoop, it was for our good. 
You know what I'm saying? Because if we keep getting into stuff, eventually it's going to get worse and we're going to end up getting hurt or hurting somebody. So a lot of times when they would chastise us or allow us to go through something, it would be for our own good, but it was in a com- controlled environment. I think we mm-hmm. talked about that once before, Bishop. Mm-hmm. A controlled mm-hmm. environment. God has it under control. Mm-hmm. He's allowing you to go through under supervision. You know what I'm saying? Mm, but our thing is, we don't want suffering at all. Yeah. I think we also, and that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know if it was Trevor that preached this, or I know I did more study on this, uh, the goodness of God. We have predicated God's goodness on things that look good or feel good to us. And so I think our brains have been um, uh, wired the wrong thing wrong way, excuse me, when talking about goodness and the, you know, God's goodness, because regardless of what we experience, it does not change the goodness of God, even when we're not feeling good things. And those things that are traumatic are working out for our good Mm -hmm. and God's glory. The goodness of God is now being questioned. If God is so good, why is he allowing this trauma or this to happen to me? So somehow we have to untie those two and get a good perspective of what good means and in the, in the nature of God. God's nature, which is unchangeable, is good. So yeah. we have to untwist that, you know, in, in our minds so that we won't connect the two. And if something a travesty happens, we don't connect it with, oh, God doesn't care. Yeah, like like we were. I remember. I think I preached that last summer. Um, yeah. It was last summer, um, mm-hmm. and, and it had, it still has a profound effect on me because I've Absolutely. been I've been fighting um, the word good in my life for years um, mm. because when people say good, you immediately attach, mm-hmm. you know, a personal feeling of pleasure. Right. Um, to the word, which is a false equivalency, like 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 that's not what good is. Um, and, and that's hard because, you know, like even our own language is bent around um, food being delicious. We call it good. Absolutely. Um, you know, like, like, like it's, it's delicious is a better word to actually say because it's, it's pertaining to, you know, the food itself and the yeah. taste. Um, the music sounds good rather than saying it's acoustically sound, um, you know, like, like, like acoustically, it pleases you, um, you know, but, but for something to truly be good. And this is why Jesus chastised the rich young ruler, because just to throw the word around is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's hard, um, for us because when we suffer, we immediately think of what it would be like to not suffer. So, when we when we're not suffering, um, well, when we're suffering, we're thinking about what it is that that suffering doesn't look like, and that has to be good um, to us. But I, I've I've realized this a long time ago. You know, growing up, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, we didn't have a lot of means. There were things I wanted to do as a child that that to me to me would have um, would have pushed me into levels. Um, that I probably would not be in a position that I'm in right now, like educationally, um, things like that. We couldn't afford it. 
um, you know, uh, certain certain things. I remember going into college um, and being offered. I remember one um, for writing. It was one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars in two thousand and four. Um, to go to Reno, um, Nevada and read my poetry and multiple things to multiple people. This may not be traumatic to somebody else, but it was to me. Um, I was offered $175,000, but there were multiple things I had to do um, that made me stay home. And, um, and I had to throw the opportunity away to do what was right at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I have a profound regret sometimes thinking about yeah. that. But then I process like, where would I be if I did take that? Um, you know, I would be in on the West Coast, likely tied to the West Coast. I wouldn't have been able to come back, um, you know, and, and uh, like my, my wife loves this movie. It's a wonderful life. And, um, you know, um, what's the name? George and George yeah. had like this conundrum, you know, that 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 I hate the movie. I hate the movie because I felt like George. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I, I felt like George. I felt like George because George had like all these opportunities, but for some reason life just kept stepping in the way. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm like, George would have been a rich man, like foolishly rich if if he didn't have all these people. I felt like that, you know, like 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 and then that that was that's been a, a thing that has that I have fought like for a long time, um, seeing some people that I know have ideas that I had or that they listen to me make yeah. lots of money yeah. from the stuff that I gave or stuff that they heard me say, you know, so, so that may not be um, traumatic to certain people, but it was quite traumatic to me Absolutely. Um, and dealing with things from that nature. I was like, that's not good. Um, but then good pertains to how God gives life. Mm. That's what good is. So Trevor A. Stevens being rich in 2004 may not have given life to the people that he had me stay connected with That's from good. 2004 to 2000, which is now to 2022. Yeah. I, I like, like once again, I didn't like George in that movie was going through the same thing. Like he was like, I'm going to jump up this bridge because, because he didn't see anything that was of value in what he was doing. But at the end of the movie, he got to see the, the multitude of people who were able to overcome because he stayed, Amen. you know, so, that's so good. that, that's a, you that's haven't a, gotten to the end of the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on living, son. <laughs> All right, Bishop. Don't start preaching in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Father. Yeah. I hate to cut you off. No, you good. Go, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, like, like, yeah, but I'm just, just saying, you know, it's a, it's one of those things you have to fight to stay, to keep the God, keep God's goodness before you, because if it's not, if it's not making life, it's not good. And life is not like just money. I'm talking about life as far as when it, like our belief is life. Believing in God is life. Hallelujah. And, and to not have that is to be dead. That mm -hmm. was, that was, that was explained in the garden. They were good, literally in the garden. God said it. But the moment that 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 they had a situation where God said it was not good, the man should be alone. There's a reason for that. Man should not be alone. Um, and, and the Lord saw that that it was good for man to not be alone. For, it was good for man to not be alone. That should be a praise break for folk yeah. right there that feel like they, they've been they've been assigned to be alone. God said it's not good. 
Glory to God. So that's not good. Glory to God. Like, like that, 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 that he wants you to, to be around his people to be Thank made you, better. Um, Amen. And and just the the beauty of that, that God was 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 setting up for us where we had provision on all sides, that that worship worship was 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 being done by creation and man. It was totally good. Everything Mm -hmm. in the garden was life, you know. So so when we don't have that, when we're in a fallen world, we literally hold on to the shattered memory of what good looks like. So so man keeps trying to find ways to climb mountains to get closer to heaven, you know, and, and call that good. It's not good. It's an accomplishment. But it's not good. It won't give you life. You're going to want to climb another mountain. You know, and, and, and it's uh, like I say, it, it's one of those things. I think for us, we have to be honest with ourselves when we ask God to be good to us. Are we asking for him to make us better believers in him? Come on, are, we, preacher. Are, we, are we asking for God to make life easy? Because if that's what you're asking for, unfortunately, and I say this from the bottom of my heart because it hurts me to say this too. Unfortunately, it's not good. It's not Salah. good. Salah. Yeah. You said a lot of things that struck a lot of things in me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I want to right here because I, the question, where is God? Uh, and I was reading something last night or this morning that talked about where God is in our suffering. Of course, we pointed out that God is right here. You just said, Trevor, that uh, we're holding on to a fading memory. But actually, we're not holding on to a fading memory. We're holding on to what we've concocted in our minds mm. as good. Mm. You know, yeah. we've determined, human beings have determined what's good. Yeah. Mm. And I, I don't want to be preaching here, but we're preach, sir. Go on. And I want us to hear this. I want everybody yes. to hear this. And this has been resounded over and over and over again, even in our last conversation and our Bible studies and what have you. Mm-hmm. We have to develop our relationship with God and grow in it. Mm-hmm. That is so critical. I was reading Jeremiah last night and, and Lamentations. And of course, lamentation means is from the root word lament. Mm-hmm. And you look at Jeremiah's life and look at what he goes through. And just, just go back and read chapter three. I'm not going to read it all, but read chapter three. And I'm reading this, you know, Jeremiah starts out saying, I'm a man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. Goodness. In my job, Elder Hoskins, of Goodness the Lord's wrath. He says, he has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. This is Jeremiah's perspective because of the trauma that he's gone through in his life. I want y'all to just, those of you listening, read chapter three, but over in verse 19, he says, I remember my affliction and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. Sometimes the stuff that we go through in life causes bitterness. But remember, Jesus taught us that we should be careful about offense because it will create a root of bitterness in us. Mm -hmm. And that root of bitterness takes, when that bitterness takes root, it will will defile you. So, you know, there are things that the scriptures have taught us, and many people don't want to go to the scriptures. I don't take time to go to the scriptures and study this. I'm thinking about Jeremiah, and I'm saying, you know, how is he how does he come to this place that he can process 
all of this stuff that he's right. turning against him. People beating him, him been thrown in prison, thrown into yeah. the pit. You know, how does he process all of this? He said, remembering my bitterness and my gall, I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, yet, to mine, oh. and therefore I have hope. Uh, because of the Lord's great love, glory, not consumed, mm. for his compassion never fails. Yes, sir. New every yes. moment. Yes. Great is our faithfulness. And it goes on. I don't read all of that, but you know, one of the things that we learn Ooh, as we grow good. in Lord yeah. and grow this this trauma, trauma can get us to the place if we're not careful that we're not focused right. But yes, leaves us. Mm-hmm. He never leaves us. His 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 mercies are new every morning. Oh, glory. It's the Lord's faithfulness. Ooh, that is faithful to us. Hallelujah. We don't just do all this God talk, but it's the, it's the truth. Yes, yeah. We live in a reality where Satan is real and God is real. Yeah. And these things are coming against us. And when people refuse to acknowledge this, yes. when, people, when people refuse to grow, it prolongs the process. Mm-hmm. Our grief and our trauma. Mm-hmm. Because, Shilate, if you had refused to come to the sanctuary, right? That Sunday, Lord Jesus, Psalm 93. Yep. Come on, preacher. Psalm 73. And when you think about the wickedness of people, you know, he said, he said, until I made it to the sanctuary. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, today, a lot of people. They separate. They separate themselves from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talk about the family of faith. You know, they 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 want to be alone. They mm-hmm. go home. They close the windows. Yep. Shut the doors. They cut off the phone. Yep. You're setting yourself up to stay in that place yep. longer, and open oh, in the door for Satan to destroy you because Ooh. that's what he really wants to do. And whether we believe God or not, oh, glory. that is the truth. Yes. Glory to God. The said, when I made it to the sanctuary. Yes, sir. There's something yes, that sir. when you get in the presence of God and mm-hmm. God's people. So, yeah, I know I'm talking long. But- oh, you talking good, <laughs> sir. <laughs> you know, oh, you talking can, can good. I, can, I, can, uh, uh, can I inject this? I want to talk about a uh, situation, and it's in the Bible, uh, that trauma set in. And it uh-huh. set in because the people had a low self-esteem, mm. right? Mm. And the reason I said that, because I come up in a single parent household, like I just said, mm. and there's a lot of things that happened that affected my self-esteem. A lot of people didn't know that. You see me now, you can say, oh, he, you know, he got it together. Uh, yeah, okay. But um, the thing is, is that when God sent them in, well, my, God just sent them, Moses sent the spies into the land of promise, just to spy mm-hmm. out. God had told them he was going to give them the land. Yeah, They go in the land, right? And they see is what is how God said it was going to be. Yeah. But they saw something that God didn't tell them about because it didn't matter to God. <laughs> and they saw the, and they saw, they saw the giants in there. Yeah. And immediately they low self-esteem set in because they said that we were like grasshoppers, grasshoppers. in their eyes. And their I eyes. didn't know the way they looked to them, but yeah, yeah. they said, we were like grasshoppers in their eyes, and then they say we were small, and I'm paraphrasing it, in our own eyes. Yeah. So the thing is, is what arrested them, except Joshua and Caleb, what arrested them was that trauma. Hmm. The, 
the trauma from Egypt. Mm. Mm -hmm. Just like mm -hmm. you, you, when you, when you preceded the, the other day, Bishop, and used the, the analogy about the elephant, the way they mm -hmm. train the elephant. Mm -hmm. They put a, 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 a steel ball or something heavy, uh, they attach it to the elephant's leg, and that elephant never learned its true strength. Yeah. Right? It stays yeah. within the confines of being bound. Even when the elephant is loose, the elephant still have is bound in his mind. Mm. And so when we so Satan will love to catch us when we're young. Mm -hmm. He catches when, 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 when we're young, and just like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Bishop, about uh let, let me say this. When he does catch us, a lot of times we will settle for good enough because we don't know what good is. Mm. And we settle for good enough. We will build these partitions when you talked about bishop the partitions mm -hmm. and we will learn to cope with those situations amen and mm. they remain triggers because when we get in a relationship or something and and, and, I, and i'm talking from experience and you have these that person says something to you mm. or do something to you and even though it's not real bad it triggers something in your psyche mm. and you behave a certain way and and so we a lot of times we have to look and say, what do I have in my psyche that Satan is using as a trigger? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and thing is, we may have had it from a child. We didn't know. The mm -hmm. Bible shows us that Satan don't care about a child. He don't. When when, when Jesus, when they the, yep. man took, the man took his son to Jesus, that was a baby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you know, and so the thing is, so this is why it's so important about our children yeah. that we keep an eye on our children and what we're allowing to be fed to them yeah. Yeah. mentally. You know, they can do all things. And when I say all things, I'm saying in Christ, but I'm saying we as parents ought to make it available for them because we know what it done to us. Mm -hmm. Right. 